Welcome to the march to WrestleMania. This is Vince McMahon, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Earlier this weekend, we all witnessed the official contract signing for the World Wrestling Federation title matchup to be held at WrestleMania. Earlier this week, I was present for the official contract signing of the big title bout between challenger Yokozuna and Just World Wrestling second, Federation champion Bret the Hitman Hart. Gentlemen, please take your seats for the signing. Nobody had ever recovered from a squash like that, but apparently Yokozuna had not counted on the heart of this champion. does he do it again without any question of it out Brett the Hitman Hart proving why he is the World Wrestling Federation champion he's getting up on his feet Look he's at got that. pride he's got intestinal fortitude and the Japanese photographers are just clicking with those cameras he's like up again. he's on his feet he's walking he's walking injury done we'll have to wait and find out but what a display of courage and guts. Welcome once again to the March to WrestleMania. And indeed, we'll all be marching to WrestleMania in just one week to witness unquestionably the greatest pay-per-view extravaganza of all time. And the Hitman must defend the WWF Championship against Yokozuna, regardless of the condition he'll be in. You don't understand something. If Yokozuna wanted to, he could have broke Bret Hart's rib just like that. When he came off that top rope or the second rope and smashed him right into that mat, he was sending him a message. He's going to break your ribs, but he's going to do it at WrestleMania. Well, another message could very well be sent here tonight on the march to WrestleMania because Yokozuna must return to the ring, this time one-on-one -on -one with one of the all-time greats in the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, dig it. You got it, Daddy? All that talk is cheap, Savage. I know you've been paid off by Bret the Hitman Hart to, to do a number on Yokozuna, but I don't think you can get the job done. Dig it? Paid off. What I hear through my sources, broadcast journalism. I see, and also one-on-one, -on -one, it's Bam Bam Bigelow against The Undertaker. Well, Bam Bam Bigelow is going to take care of Kamala at WrestleMania, but tonight, I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing, Undertaker, you're going to be buried. Buried in the desert at WrestleMania by the giant Gonzalez. Joining us as well, right here, will be the Hulkster himself, along with the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. They're better known as the Mega Maniac. I don't like the way it looks for Money, Inc. at WrestleMania. Just something about it, Hulk Hogan involved, Jimmy Hart, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, that thing he's got on his face, 
I don't like that. Look, oh, I, shut up. We're all marching to WrestleMania. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, as we enter the end of January, we spoke at the beginning of January, now we're already at the end. Time has flown by. It has. What do you have for us from the news desk? Okay, so I've got some really sad stuff we're going to hit from the beginning. La Parca, a couple weeks ago, unfortunately, we uh, we had heard the news. He was getting better. He was going home. He, unfortunately, had some malfunctions and some problems that rushed him back to the hospital, and he, unfortunately, has passed away. This is uh, not necessarily La Parca, the WCW, but La Parca, the, uh, the, the gentleman who took over the gimmick. Yeah, this was Jesus Alfonso Huerta... Escoboza. He was 54 years old and it was a staple in AAA when La Parca, the original La Parca, went to WCW. He took over the gimmick. Then years later, AAA got into a big uh, trademark copyright infringement thing with the original La Parca, so that became L.A. Park. And then this was La Parca from, from then on, basically. As he was La Parca Jr. while the other La Parca was in WCW. He was uh, really not a wrestler known for doing uh, high-flying maneuvers and stuff. Much like the La Parca from WCW. So it's very sad that he died doing a dive to the outside. Because yes. it's really not a move that he would be known for. He was He's a very heavy, heavy lucha. Yeah, yeah, this was not a guy that was... A high flyer by any means. He was billed at over six feet, and he was two hundred and twenty-three pounds at least. Well, you add I'm six three to thirty-five, so my my height and weight practically. So much like other wrestlers who have died in the ring, I'm not sure the injury during the match is actually. It might have been the final straw. I mean, this guy was beat up. He had been wrestling for a really long time. Yes. And had really slowed down in recent years, actually, to where he was in more of a managerial role, uh, from what I've read. So, I think it's it's some of that. Because really, when you watch the video of it, it's not a gruesome, it's not a gruesome no. injury by no. any means. I mean, he hits his head on the guardrail, yes, but it doesn't look like something that, you know... I've seen scarier wrestling injuries on video. Yes. And so, I think this was sort of the final final nail in the coffin sadly i hate to put it like that but that's that's sort of the the risk you run when you are wrestling into your 50s and you go out there and wrestlers don't have a track record of having good health insurance or benefits or anything to keep up and this is how they make their living and this is how they go out sometimes unfortunately so a very tragic scene and uh yeah very sad we, uh, we later go on into that week to find out that the father of uh, The Rock, Rocky Johnson, has passed away as well. Better known for the, uh, the one and only Soul Man Rocky Johnson, which he was using mostly in um, Worldwide Wrestling Federation with uh, Vince Sr. Um, Rocky Johnson went on with Tony Atlas to become the very first african-american tag team champions of all time and left a legacy that i think and i truly believe was very high that it took the rock dwayne johnson to really have to step up his game especially coming off the heels of his grandfather as well high chief peter maivia 
And so, no, Rocky Johnson uh, is... Everybody kind of overlooks him being the... Uh, oh, well, he's just the dad of, of The Rock. Uh, Rocky Johnson did quite a bit. Rocky Johnson had a Hall of Fame-worthy career that I think he finally did get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Still, Rocky Johnson was one hell of an athlete and left a tremendous legacy behind. Well, I don't want to discredit Rocky Johnson, and I I don't want to speak negatively of someone who's passed away, but as far as being a Hall of Famer, I think you're you're stretching it a bit. He was an African-American wrestler. And African-American wrestlers in the 70s and 80s were not getting pushed the same way that white wrestlers That's were. That's true. And had this been a different era, had he come along in the 90s, had he come along in the 2000s, Rocky Johnson... I mean, to this day, we still struggle with African-Americans in this sport not being pushed at the same level as non-African-American wrestlers. True. And so, yes, he did have a great run. It could have been greater, but I think that it was the way, not just the WWE, it was industry-wide, it was, it's world worldwide. I mean, just African-American, the struggle of African-American wrestlers, African-American athletes in general, outside of their, okay, basketball, you get some respect there. But then every other sport it's like you had to earn it like i mean tiger woods breaking through in golf serena williams and venus williams in tennis i mean those were breakthroughs because up until then people just said what excuse me yeah uh so i think that he would have had an even more amazing career had he not wrestled in the era that he did but yes he did he was part of history as holding those tag belts with Tony Atlas. So that is something that they can't take away. And it's certainly something that was well before its time when you think about, I mean, Ron Simmons didn't win the world title until the 90s. And this was 1983. Yeah. And he's already got a tag belt. So and, and Junkyard Dog was the first independent territory champion. And so I put those four together as, as a huge leaps and bounds for African-American wrestlers. And uh, this, like I said, this was one of the four. And so uh, that alone is a legacy that uh, is not something to, to walk past or forget. It, it, it deserves a nod. Passed away at the age of 75 due to a heart attack. Uh, the Rock posted a, a message about it. And uh, yeah, uh, terrible, terrible. Yeah. But um, he, he left quite a legacy in his son. I mean, his son became the biggest movie star on the planet went on to become, I mean, one of the biggest stars in pro wrestling history. And yeah. uh, Rocky Johnson obviously had a big hand in not only the upbringing, but the training of him uh, as far as being a, a pro wrestler. Yes. Another sad hit. Uh, we've talked about these two, but I still do want to bring it full circle again. Um, Tracy Smothers dealing with cancer. Yeah, Tracy Smothers announced, To all concerned, I was diagnosed November 14th with lymphoma cancer which now I'm on my third treatment with three to go of chemo, which is shrinking the rapid-growing tumors. Doc told me years ago I had blockage in my artery, so here we are. Lost 45% of my heart use. Also said I have lots of head and body trauma. Doc said I had a heart attack some time back and didn't know it. Felt bad for a while now, but I thought I was getting old. Laugh out loud. This is not fatal as it is between my pancreas, colon, neck. A big thank you to all of you. I look at it as getting a tune-up, overhaul, tires, rotated, oil change, etc. all in one. Remember, life is a battle. I'm in it to win it, so don't hesitate in trying to 
by putting off getting checked out in this day and age, you never know. God bless everybody. So that was what Tracy Smothers had to say. And so uh, him and our next uh, conversation piece uh, are both both very close friends of mine. And so I just want to put it out there again that y'all keep them in your thoughts and prayers and you know make sure Tracy Smothers uh, hopefully will will get better and, and can keep battling. Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics, uh, another close friend of mine. Bobby Fulton is dealing with throat cancer, uh, which unfortunately is something Bobby Heenan went through. And we saw the, the leaps and bounds of, of fighting that he went through. Uh, and that, that was quite a long fight. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Fulton wrote back in November, just informing you I have cancer in my throat. Going to be treated. The game plan is being put together. Uh, this coming Tuesday, I want your continued prayers. All things work together for good the, the, for those that love God. Those are called according to His purpose. Yes. Like I said, we I uh, think we've talked about both of them. Um, I just want to bring it full circle and keep reminding y'all, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, love both of you guys. And I enjoy talking to you. And I enjoy and glad to call you a friend. And just both of you keep battling. Uh, Last but certainly not least, in in the sad note of news, uh, this isn't wrestling related, but this is sports related. Uh, just hours before we recorded this uh, today, unfortunately, yeah, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash at the age of forty-one. He was also traveling with one of his daughters, who was I think thirteen at the time, and uh, yeah, big loss to the sports world. Definitely worthy of a nod, uh, especially for me. My first basketball game ever uh for game boy the old brick game boy was kobe bryant versus michael jordan and it was one-on-one basketball and it was just really cool yeah i had a court side i think it was called for the n64 and it was was featured kobe bryant kobe bryant was also the first time i think my mom really got into basketball she loved young kobe bryant with his afro and those 99 (laughs) lakers or whatever that was Shaq and Kobe, that was just fun to watch yes. uh, during that time. There was controversy within yeah, his... Yeah, Kobe Bryant was not squeaky clean in his life. But there, there was controversy. If we, focus, if we focus merely on his contributions to basketball, then yes, the, this is... It's a, it's a sad loss anytime yeah. someone passes away. But yes, his contributions to the sport, I mean, he was... Uh, really, after Jordan retired, he was the superstar of the league. Yeah. He was the guy. He held it down before LeBron in my book. Basically, uh, yeah. If you look at it as changing of the guard, passing of the torch, that's basically the order that it went in. So Jordan, Colby, and then now LeBron. And um, But, I mean, also, like I said, he did have controversy, but everybody at some point in time is not squeaky clean, let's be honest. Um, but he did do a lot for the Boys and Girls Club. He did do a lot for um, the sport of professional basketball and helping young kids out there. Charity work. Used his celebrity status to help build awareness to, to these issues and these problems and help them, you know, hopefully grow and, and like I said, to, uh, to put eyes on on these topics and so you know it's a it's a sad loss and just we want to keep his uh his family his the rest of his daughters and his wife and uh family and friends in 
our thoughts and prayers as well. Now, from the sad news moving forward, CM Punk is going to be part of a horror film that is directed strictly for Netflix. It is called The Girl on the Third Floor. It looks kind of creepy. I think it's a good role for CM Punk. It's kind of, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to check it out. Uh, what about you? Uh, I'll, I'll pass on that. Wrestlers, not very good actors. Very few of them good actors. And I like CM Punk, but he never struck me as a very good actor, so <laughs> to speak. Well, I, I think a reality show based on him, where it was real not just staged oh we're going bowling today me and aj are going bowling or whatever those stupid shows do but some sort of documentary series or or something something that he's he's into like he's really into comic books okay then give me a show about him exploring comic books and how they're drawn and he draws comic books i think sometimes like that would interest me more than him playing a character okay. in a movie I'm with which you. he's done a little bit of He's done acting before, right? A little bit. He did voice work, I know, for that Scooby-Doo WWE. He he did voice work for the Flintstones WWE movie because he was CM Punk Rock in that. So he does have some acting experience. Well, that's that's some that's high role of acting experience, Oscar worthy acting experience. By the way, he reappeared on backstage after that tweet. Nothing was said about it. Really? He just moved on. All right. and, And. he has made no impact on that show. He did the v- which is extremely sad because I expected a lot more. It's a lot to ask people to stay up till eleven o'clock on a Tuesday night to watch a wrestling talk show that is WWE based, where they're yeah. not going to venture off into anything controversial. It's yeah. very difficult. As much as I love Renee, I like Paige, I like CM Punk, I like Christian, I like everybody involved in that show but you're asking too much of me. If they put it on the network as a rerun, maybe the next day or something, where it was easily, where I could just get to it. It was easily accessible. Fast forward. Yeah. Then yeah, I could stick around for that. But, you know, watching a rap battle, watching CM Punk have really bad uh, takes on stuff, I'll pass. Yeah. There was a, last week, a interview with uh, David Benoit, the uh, son of... Chris Benoit and what came out of this interview which he has said numerous times he he would like to get into wrestling um, he did have somewhat of a one-off up in Canada with uh, Lance Storm and Chris Jericho who have helped train him but he wants to go by the name Chris Benoit Jr. use his dad's music and his dad's ring gear I don't know if that's going to fly. Now, I could be completely wrong and AEW jump all over this or Impact jump all over this. It would be a hot ticket item to get eyes on your product, but he's got to he's got to come in strong. He if he's not if he's not well trained and can go in there and rock it, then it's going to be a flop. Well, it's not just that. It's that he cannot wrestle under the Benoit name, unfortunately. If if he expects to make it in the business, he can't use that name because sponsors are not going to want their product associated with the son of a murderer, a double murder-suicide person. And even though David had nothing to do with that, I hate, I hate that he gets lumped in because yeah. of... But they do not want anything to do with that, yeah. especially if he wants 
to go the route of wearing a tights and all that, that is something advertisers will run from, run to the hills. And unfortunately for him also, he looks a lot like Chris. Identical. And, it's crazy. I, I sent you a picture. Well, I watched I watched part of the interview. And um, David Benoit also has to work on his interview skills because yeah. it was an awful interview. The interviewer was trying everything to pull information out of him. And all David was giving him was, yeah, yeah. And then there was parts that really made me sad that had nothing to do with uh, the murders and, and, and all that stuff. It was, the interview says, oh, heading up into that June of 2007, did you sense anything from your father? Did you, he was like, I only saw my father like three weeks a year. Yeah. And a, and a WrestleMania. I mean, that was the saddest part to me. It's like he really barely knew his father there yeah. in those years that Chris was married to Nancy and stuff. And he was only like 14 or 15 at the time his dad, uh, did what he did yeah and he's got a good job he works in the oil fields in canada he makes good money he went to school for it that's it's a very well-paying job he hasn't kept up his training he, despite having some sessions with lance storm that one off that you talk about got canceled at the last minute jericho put a stop to it and he hasn't kept up his training so he's not ready for prime time yet and if he decides to pursue this full time he's gonna have to pursue it full-time, and he's not going to be able to to wrestle under his name and with his tights because of yeah. what it what it's associated with. That's just how it is. And now, I mean, as far as him making it, I never say never because Diamond Dallas Page didn't become a wrestler until his 30s, but he's already in his mid-20s, and he hasn't done it yet. And right. the, in wrestling now, you're getting 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds that are, I mean... MJF is like 22 or 23. See, I love you brought him up. Not to change subjects, but, you know, he's doing this whole thing with DDP. And he's got this shirt, and it says, I banged Dallas's daughter. Which is great. I love wrestling shirts, you know. that, And that one's up there with, I broke Wahoo's leg, Dusty sucks eggs. I mean, that's just a great rivalry shirt. I want to put an eye out on that because I want one of those damn shirts. That's an awesome shirt. I don't think you'd want to wear that out in public. People would be very well, creeped out by you. True, but I mean, still, still, it's a great shirt. And uh, but back to back to David. Um, yeah, I think he's get he gets a bad rap because he's lumped into that situation, and that's not really right. Especially with like what he said, he only got to see his dad maybe three weeks out of the year. It's a rough life. And getting into it with who he is and his name alone is going to create controversy that will have people worried and scratching their head. And so hopefully, though, if he wants to do it, I back him 1,000%. Well, yeah, I, there's look, if he wants to pursue it and he actually takes steps to pursue it, which, I like I said, I it's been... A few years now since that Lance Storm training, and it's look. I understand you have to work a full time. You have to you. When is there time to go train for wrestling? I understand that, but if he wants to do it, it's it's time to decide, and it's time to it's time to do it. And then even if he does do it, I'm not sure which promotion is going to take him. And and he's not going to. He's, he's not going WWE. Well, right, and Maybe. he and even though he took a picture with Tony Khan. I doubt 
a company that just re-upped their contract with TNT is going to say, hey guys, I know you just paid us $125 million to keep us on the air. Here's a Benoit to wrestle for you tonight. Like, I don't think they're going to rush into that. Maybe an MLW, maybe something like that, at the highest. But that's about... You That's about the him, ceiling. You don't see him going past to a main star role. A main company role. And if you consider Impact a main company, I mean, maybe. But even then, I think it's a hard sell. Because even Ring of Honor and Impact have corporate ownership. With They have sponsors on... The, on they have other interests. It's not just wrestling isn't their primary gig. What if you put him under a mask and people didn't realize it was him? That's a very good idea. I could see that possibly working, but he's not. He doesn't want to work a lucha style, and you rarely see guys in masks doing technical That's wrestling. True. That's true. So he wants to work his father's style, which, which I don't know if if you're in your mid twenties and you want to say I want to wrestle like Chris Benoit, it might be too late. You can wrestle like Diamond Dallas Page. I don't know that you can wrestle like Chris Benoit when you're like that. When you don't have an amateur wrestling background, I was gonna say already. he would have to seriously train with with Angle and a lot of amateur wrestlers, as well as the technical the technicality style. I mean, you're of talking Lance about Storm like or Chris Jericho and like MMA style training yes. camps. I mean, yeah. you, he'd have to go go it would one thousand percent. Yeah, it would it would be walking away from your job and being fully committed into it, and so. Um, who knows, man? But you know, I I back him one thousand percent. And believe it or not, I don't give a damn who I piss off with this comment. But I'd like to see a Benoit back in wrestling. That's just me. I'm a fan of the man. I'm not a fan of what happened. I'm not a fan of what he did. But I was a fan of him in wrestling. Now, outside of wrestling, that's another t- story. That's another topic. But what he accomplished between those ropes and on that. TV screen or at that live show, I back him 1,000%. Well, one should not be judged based on the actions of their father. Right. And based on the action of their relatives or whatever. But it's just that this was such a high-profile thing. Because, I mean, you can even look at a guy like Brian Pillman Jr. and say, do you really want to be in pro wrestling after what happened with your father? I know his father didn't kill anybody. No. But you shouldn't be judged based on their legacy now i really i mean that's like saying you know looking at eddie Guerrero's daughter and being like hey do you want to get into wrestling you know well yeah or aiden english i mean her husband i mean you saw how it ended for your dead father-in-law yeah so natalia i mean her dad had dementia and died falling down the stairs i mean he had a lot of drug problems too Oh, I know, I know. Or Davy Boy Smith. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, they didn't kill anybody, but you saw how their life turned out. It was rough. It was, it was. Curtis Axel, Mr. Perfect. I mean, you're talking about a guy whose dad died in his 40s, and he said, I want to do what he does. And it was a lot of substance abuse problems. It was a lot of, of hard living. And, And it's. The lifestyle is not for everybody to begin with, but coming out of the gate, also you got you got eyes on you. You have unrealistic expectations on you. Curtis Axel, in no way, was going to succeed in fans' eyes because of who his dad was. There was no way to pass. Well, that up. I mean, that's sort of the the problem that David Benoit has because Kurt Henning was a great technical wrestler. Yes, 
And then along and comes... And Chris Benoit. Wrestling fans who do love Chris Benoit like myself... If you're just looking at it from an in-ring... From group, an in-ring perspective, I don't think David could ever live up. David could never live up to the in-ring perspective of what his father accomplished wrestling-wise. Unrealistic expectations. And same with Curtis Axel. Same with uh, D.H. Smith. These guys didn't. I mean, I'm not knocking them. Flying Brian Pillman Jr. And I love that he's doing that whole thing. Pillman Jr. probably to this extent is the one that has lived up to his father's name the most. Out of what second and third generation stars we have out in the business today. That I'm Randy Orton's throw him out i'm not talking about orton i'm not ta- i'm talking about it didn't take much to outdo cowboy bob i'm not yeah we're not we're not because i know there's gonna be that asshole out there what about randy orton we're not fuck that okay i'm talking about now kids now kids in in our age group that you know, now but cowboy <laughs> bob there was nothing to live up to or or for you know orton senior for that matter uh but i throw that out the window but we're talking from what we discussed just in that handful group dh smith and and though on and so forth um uh, pillman jr has lived up the most to expectations in my book in my book and that is strictly my opinion on the matter but i would love to see a benoit back in wrestling and I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, uh, I mean, my final thoughts on the subject is this. Nobody should be stopped from their dream. If it's their dream and they want to pursue it, they should not be judged on the legacy of uh, what their father did or whatever. Yes. If we if we apply that to everything, a lot of people wouldn't be able to work anywhere. A lot of people wouldn't be able to do what they did or, you know, do what they do for a living. Yeah. So, but... There, he's going to have to deal with some things. He's going to get a lot of pushback. Well, and he's going to not be able to do what he's saying that he wants to do. And that's use the tights, use the name. He's going to have to figure something else up. And he's got to get to it. That's yeah. that's the main thing I want to stress is time is not on his side. Yeah. As far as getting into pro wrestling. Yeah. Last, certainly not least, very quickly, Tessa Blanchard broke ground by winning <laughs> a main event title the Impact World Championship. Uh, yeah, she defeated Sammy Callahan, which this feud, I fuck, feel like... Fuck Sammy Callahan. I don't I know. like him. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I've never liked Sammy Callahan. I've always thought he was a piece of shit. And um, this feud has been going on for a very, very long time. And honestly, if they didn't give her the belt, this thing would have made zero sense it would all have all been for nothing so congratulations to her she is the biggest star in the company the biggest star in the company man or woman whoever it may be should deserve to hold the highest belt and she that's her and that's her and that's there's and probably the hottest independent because i consider impact still independent to some degree the hottest independent uh contracted person out there i mean aew and wwe you know they have eyes. You know they want to write checks. They they want her to come. And it's only a matter of time in my eyes. In oh, my definitely, opinion. yes. I mean, she is the biggest star of that company. Why wouldn't you want the biggest star of that company? Yeah. I mean, that's just smart business. Now, I mean, there was some controversy about her past comments in the locker room and stuff. But look, anytime 
anytime they mention wrestlers, especially white wrestlers being racist, that doesn't surprise me at all. Listen, because it turns out they all were. I have worked numerous shows and matches with Tessa. I know her personally. I highly, highly, from my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, I know this woman. I Like I said, I consider her a friend. I've done tons of shows, tons of matches, been in the ring with her numerous times. I do not think she is what she was being accused of being. So, that being said, congratulations to her. It's done. It's over with. One final point about the controversy, though, about wrestlers and, and their past use of derogatory language towards minorities. It doesn't surprise me one bit, because you're talking about a bunch of jocks, uh, white jocks. Yeah. Uh, we know they can be bullies. Yeah. You have to be sort of a bully to want to be a pro wrestler. I mean, you have to have sort of an ego about you. You... You, she does have that. She is a Blanchard, and she believes in that. Third-generation star, by the way. I mean, we've seen it with Hulk Hogan. We've seen it with a million other wrestlers where this comes out where, hey, turns out that wrestler said the N-word sometime. Or this in, or even, in the car, even in the case of Lars Sullivan, who also had some other things come out about him. Uh, yeah, I was, was skipping over that for the past uh, couple of shows, but I mean... Um, it turns out... Is that for real or is that... Cause oh, it was real, yes. It was real. Yes, it was real. That's scary. Well, especially for somebody who used homophobic language in the past to have then appeared in a gay pornographic film. That's quite hypocritical. And yes. And quite stupid. Yes. But we've seen it with... Any time it comes out, I believe it. But at the same time... I, we just have to move forward. Right. Because I'm not condoning what they said. I don't think it's great. But they said it in the past. And we have to move on. Right. That's all we can do. It was your pick. And you... I Well, I went with a listener suggestion for this week. Who We've already done a suggestion for him in the past. We did the battle at the Royal Albert Hall for him. Do you remember this listener's name? Are you pulling it up right now? I'm trying to pull it. I think I'm getting your name right, Nick, but it's Nick Opaluski. Nick, if we are wrong, we apologize. Send us a recording so we know how to announce your last name properly. I, this is, I'm sorry. But, uh. I'll just call you Nick O. Nico, there you go. Nico, I like that. Nico, you are the first retro wrestling podcast fan to have a nickname. Nico, this one's for you, buddy. You wanted to hear. The March to WrestleMania 9, and this is it. They did three of these on the USA Network one week before WrestleMania Survivor Series. Uh, They called that the Survivor Series Showdown. They called this the March to WrestleMania. They did one for WrestleMania 8. They did one for WrestleMania 9 and one for WrestleMania 10. So, this was taped on March 7th, 1993 which explains why they have one match completely wrong that doesn't happen at WrestleMania 9 that they promote. It aired, of course, one week before WrestleMania. It aired March 28th, 1993. This was taped in Fayetteville, North Carolina, venturing into WCW territory, and it didn't make its way onto the network until March of last year, so this made it in the Hidden Gems section. Vince welcomes us to the March to WrestleMania. He's alongside Bobby Heenan. On Wrestling Challenge, Brett and Yoko had a contract signing where Yoko rammed Brett's leg with the table, then gave him the bonsai drop. 
USA chance, yes, for the Canadian. Bret Hart, bring him to his feet. He drops, but he gets back up because he's a fighting champion. Tonight, Yokozuna's taking on Macho Man Randy Savage. Undertaker will take on Bam Bam Bigelow. Bobby mentions that Bam Bam is facing Kamala at WrestleMania, but guess what? That didn't happen. Why uh, did it not happen? Or was that like a... a dark match dark match maybe no it didn't happen so that match got cut due to time restraints which is crazy because wrestlemania 9 doesn't feel like any match runs very long at no. wrestlemania 9 it was hogan's grandstanding and hot dogging with all the money with uh the briefcase at the end of that tag match at wrestlemania 9 i guess that got uh poor old poor old kamala got his match cut and bam bam bigelow who would be headlining wrestlemania in two years so Way to start the uh, whole Bam Bam Bigelow push, guys. See, and Bam... God, man. Two great big men. That that would have been a hell of a WrestleMania match to have. And yes, One great big man. No, I think Kamala really is a great big man. Gimmick-wise, very well. He had a good gimmick, but he sucked as a wrestler. He knew chops. That's what he did. Chops. He had the same gimmick as Tatanka, who we'll also see tonight. The Mega Maniacs will be here to cut a promo, but we open with Yokozuna versus Macho Man, which I'm surprised they didn't put this in the main event. We're, we're main eventing WrestleMania 9 here in one week, but yet we're jerking the curtain right out of the gate for With the this challenger one. and the two last combatants in the Royal Rumble here uh, that were to get the shot at the, the title at WrestleMania are going to go first here on the march to WrestleMania, as Macho Man was preparing not for a match, but to sit at the commentary table for WrestleMania 9. Toga! 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 Do the thing if you got the guts! We've already reviewed WrestleMania 9. You can go back. <laughs> I do love that, though. Macho Man gets a very loud reaction from the crowd, because he's a star. He is a star, and he's been tre treated like garbage here. Macho gets thrown over the top rope and gets thrown into the post and guardrail. They get back into the ring. Macho scoop slammed, eats a massive leg drop from Zuna. Zuna misses a running hip attack to Macho in the corner. This allows Macho to land an axe handle smash. Mr. Fuji, though, hits him with the Japanese flag to stop the second attempt. Then Zuna hits a belly-to-belly. -belly. One, two, three. Jobs out the Macho Man. Wow, thanks guys. But of course, they were moving him to the commentary table, so I guess they didn't give a shit. But what a what a fucking waste of Macho Man Randy Savage here. I agree. In, in his uh, March to WrestleMania match. At the end of the match, Mr. Fuji, it looked like I swore he was handing Yokozuna a check. But Vince said it was some sort of instructions. I guess... Even though Mr. Fuji is supposed to be Japanese, and so is Yokozuna, they can't communicate. So, it was instructions to bonsai drop Macho Man, but Macho Man said, Fuck that, not taking that, sorry guys, already did the job. He rolls out of the way, and then high knees Yoko through the middle rope, but then the Stooges, the 1993 version of the Stooges, uh, <laughs> stop Yoko from getting back into the ring. And at the end of this shitty matchup, which was basically a squash, Vince says, what a matchup! Okay. What a match! Mr. Perfect is taking on Skinner next. We recap Narcissus' debut at the Rumble, where Bobby the Brain Heenan 
loses his mind over Lex Luger and basically wants to have sex with this man on pay-per-view. Oh, man, he's loving his traps, his quads, his biceps, his triceps. He's in love with a narcissist. Thank goodness he was there. Could you imagine Luger trying to get this over by himself on his (laughs) debut? It would have been a disaster. Then we get a quick highlight reel of the bionic forearm, that illegal forearm that he has because he's got the metal plate from his motorcycle wreck that kept him out of the WBF. Then Skinner comes out who looks like 2017 version of Shawn Michaels. This is how he dresses. (laughs) The hat, uh, flannel, some chaw. I mean, this guy, Skinner, I didn't know HBK, the heartbreak kid, would turn into Skinner in his later years. Um, The good guy, Mr. Perfect, comes out to a decent reaction of course, he returned, you know, not too long ago after being out with a bad back for, uh, I think, almost one or two years. Well, it was a long layoff with the it bad was. back. Yeah. And he came back as a good guy. He turned face when he joined up with Macho Man at Survivor Series right. to replace Ultimate Warrior. So he's a good guy now. He tosses his towel at Skinner, and it almost lands on his shoulder, which he did land the towel on the shoulder of Mr. Hughes in their King of the Ring matchup in 1993, which is a clip that I love to go back and look at because he gets the biggest smile on his face as he threw the towel and it lands perfectly on Mr. (laughs) Hughes' shoulder. It was perfect. Skinner jumps him, tosses him out of the ring. Bobby runs down his former client and puts Luger over while the two brawl. Skinner clotheslines perfect with his belt, like the belt off his pants, his khakis. He wrestled in khakis, by the way. He starts whipping perfect with it. And Bill Alfonso, the ref, yeah, that's fine. You can just do that, whatever. Skinner bites at Perfect's face again. Fonzie, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. Skinner misses a splash to Perfect in the corner. Perfect Atomic drops him, gives him corner punches, a knee lift, a neck snap. Skinner thumbs him in the eye to slow him down. But the Perfect Plex connects, and Mr. Perfect gets the win over the Skin Man. Um... In probably the best match of the night, honestly. Uh, And that doesn't say much, really. I guess the main event is actually probably the best match of the night, but it has no finish. So, the best match with a finish, I'm going to award to this match. The Hulk Hogan return promo Uh plays. He's held the title five times. Or, well, he's held the title four times. It's about to be five. (laughs) Yeah, it's about to be five. He's a big movie star, and he's coming back for WrestleMania 9. 24-inch pythons, brother. The Reverend Slick takes the mic and asks if everyone is happy, and Heenan keeps saying no. No, no no one's happy. Slick promotes Kamala. Yes, Kamala's now a good guy, too. And he says he's going to take him down at WrestleMania, take down Bam Bam Bigelow, which we know would never happen. Kimchi, though, wants Kamala to be a bad guy again. So Kamala is facing his manager, his former manager. His handler. Kim, handler, excuse me. Kim Chi. So right. Kamala versus Kim Chi is our next match. Kim Chi, I believe, being portrayed by the brawler here. He uh, is. I could be wrong. Kamala no-sells Kim Chi strikes, and Kim Chi can't get him off his feet. Kamala crescent kicks Kim Chi, splashes him, but Kamala, remember... He's from the jungle. He doesn't know how to pin people despite being a professional wrestler. That's true. And so the crowd and Slick have to try to instruct him as Kimchi has to play dead here from the splash from Kamala. And Lombardi, eventually... Lombardi, <laughs> Lombardi is just rolling around 
acting dead for a solid three to four minutes. Yes. Finally, Slick and Kamala communicate, and Kamala learns how to pin his opponent and get the win. Kimchi then gets decked with his own helmet hat. Slick then puts it on and dances a bit. Then Slick puts the hat on Kamala, who does the Slick strut. So he's learning. The Ugandan giant is learning, ladies and gentlemen. I love the Kamala gimmick. I always have as a kid. Kamala's a great, great gimmick and a great wrestler in my book. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's your opinion. That's my opinion on the matter. Thought he was kind of a cool-looking character, but he had no wrestling skills. The WrestleMania song is next. The music video for it. Well, I hate it because it starts out with... Are you ready for the Survivor Series? Whoever made this song, why did they put that clip in there? I don't understand why they put that clip in there and then made the song... Obviously, whoever made it had no idea what they were talking about. What yeah. re- They thought WrestleMania was just like what they called wrestling or something. Yeah. I hate the beginning of the clip, but the WrestleMania song is very famous. This video is very famous. Available on YouTube anytime you want to check it out. <laughs> Vince and Bobby toss to the Raw where IRS decks Brother Brutus with the Halliburton, which covered up his jet ski accident scars as he fucked his face up. Was it jet ski or parasailing? Oh, right. His was parasailing. Hogan's was jet skiing. Is that what caused Hogan's uh, black eye? Yeah, we've talked about this before. It's I get them reversed, but... No, yeah. I'm just saying, is that legit what... Yes. The rumor that Macho decked him is not true. Okay. So I thought he legit dropped a weight on his face, and that's what caused it. No, I think he was just out on jet skis or something. Okay. Hogan showed up next week and stood up for Brother Brutus, Ed Leslie. DiBiase and IRS accept their challenge for the titles at WrestleMania. The Disciple. Yes. <laughs> Money, Inc. are taking on jobbers here. Yeah, let's just keep it at jobbers, because I, yeah... That's what I even wrote here. Well, Reno Riggins gets his ass kicked by Money, Inc. Million Dollar Dream, and he goes out. Up next, up next, the Mega Maniacs cut a promo. Thanks, Hulk. I'm not going to wrestle for free, brother. Say that for the pay-per-view. <laughs> you got to buy my matches, brother. Standard Hulk promo here. He ran to the garage and hopped on his motorcycle when he saw that IRS hit the Halliburton to his good brother, uh, Ed brood eye. He wrecked... On his way to New York, because he was so upset, he crashed on the beach, but he heard the prayers for Brutus, and he drove towards the bright lights of New York City for WWF Raw. Then, Ed Leslie and Jimmy Hart weigh in and say, Money, Inc. is going bankrupt, and the Mega Maniacs will have new t-shirts. That probably happened. And Nintendo games. That didn't happen. Hulk then gets to have the last word, and this promo went on forever, as Hulk had to have the last words several words as this was probably the longest segment of the night honestly and it it was a raw segment by the way it was on raw it wasn't even in front of this crowd no are you sure i swear it was a cut to replay it was not in front of this crowd tatanka and hbk highlights play from superstars and raw where tatanka beat hbk twice in non-title in a singles match and a six man Sean has a promo in front of a Vegas background over a green screen where he holds up Tatanka's scalp. This is very politically incorrect. He's he's going to scalp the Native American. He even has the little red mohawk on his play scalp. Just like the big casinos in Las Vegas, Shawn Michaels makes a living out of playing people for a sucker. 
Tatanka, you're feeling real lucky right now. And that's exactly how I want you feeling coming into WrestleMania 9. That way, I can soak you for everything you've got. I not only am walking out with my Intercontinental title, but I'm walking out with your scalp. <laughs> Tatanka takes on a jobber, George South, who kind of looks like Jake the Snake Roberts, only out of shape. Chop, 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 Tatanka hulks up, Samoan drop, gets the win. Sean comes out, gets the mic, guarantees a victory at WrestleMania. Tatanka says, let's do it now, put the belt on the line now. The crowd goes crazy, Sean Tease is getting in the ring. Nope, not Then happening. he leaves, yeah. Not happening. He'll do his wrestling at the pay-per-view as well. Mean Gene gives us a WrestleMania rundown sponsored by Ico Pro. Brett cuts a promo on Yoko. The only thing in this next match that matters is Little Louie and Tiger Jackson. Because right. I don't give a shit about Beverly Brothers and I don't give a shit about Bushwhackers. Anyway, it was a gimmick. It was a play on yada yada yada. Oh, yeah, well, up down up down boom. Well, that's, I know that's. I'll get to that's basically my summary. But after Brett cuts a promo, Kona Crush cuts a promo from a boat where he's spear fishing. Oh, I forgot about. And that. he gets some octopus, and then Scott Steiner gets to say a few words and tells the Samoan SWAT team, "If you know any prayers, better start saying them." All right, thank you, Vince and Weiss, uh Bobby the Brain Heenan. This March to WrestleMania report is brought to you by IcoPro. More than simple pills or powders, IcoPro is the only complete conditioning program that prepares you for victory. You've got to want it. IcoPro. It looks to me like Tatanka is ready for WrestleMania right now. Cinch him up. We're only one, count him one week away from the most incredible WrestleMania ever. Next Sunday, April 4th at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 4 out of the West Coast. Contact the cable company you're watching right now and join us exclusively on pay-per-view cable TV. If John Belushi were still alive, he'd love this. The world's largest toga party will be part of the festivities as Caesars Palace Outdoor Stadium is transformed into a coliseum right out of the ancient Roman Empire. But... The attention will be focused on the gigantic double main event. World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, Monty Incorporated, locked up with the Mega Maniacs, Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, managed by Jimmy Hart. The other half of that double main event, the 505-pound Japanese challenger, Yokozuna, managed by Mr. Fuji, meets this man. Right now, let's hear from World Wrestling Federation Champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. You know, Mr. Fuji, I'm getting just a little sick and tired of how everybody's talking about Yokozuna's gonna walk all over me at WrestleMania 9. How I'm the big underdog. And Yokozuna and you are already talking about the Emperor's gonna send you telegrams congratulating you on becoming the next World Wrestling Federation Champion. Well, let me tell you something, Yokozuna. You're talking about losing face. You might lose a whole lot more than your face because you're up against the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. The excellence of execution is in focus, and I will be 100% in Caesar's Palace. There's even more action. Doink the Clown will be meeting the big 300-pounder from Kota, Hawaii. Right now, let's go out to the Hawaiian Islands and join Crush. You know, two of my greatest passions are diving and of course wrestling. Today, on my favorite boat, the Bill Collector, me and a couple of my good friends are gonna go out and have a good time diving. 
But at WrestleMania 9, it's not going to be a good time for you, Doink. It's payback time for Crush. Not only for what you did to me, giving me the concussion, which almost ended my career, but also for all the kids you have ever made cry. WrestleMania 9, I'm gonna crush you, brother, just like these octopus. This man does not paint a pretty picture at all. What about this tag team matchup? The Head Drinkers, Fatu and Samu. With Appa in their corner, meet the Steiner Brothers. Right now, let's hear from Scott and Rick. Head Drinkers, it's obvious you don't care about hurting your opponents in the ring. Well, that's right up our alley. In one week, we'll all find out where we stand. Head shrinkers, if you know any prayers, you better start saying them. Again, we're only one week away from this showdown in the desert. WrestleMania 9, live from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas next Sunday, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 4 o'clock out on the left coast. Contact your local cable company right now. Little reminder, don't wait till the last minute. Put up with the hassles of busy telephone lines, busy operators. Call right now. We'll see you live for the fun next Sunday at WrestleMania 9. Part of that fun, by the way, is going to include the procession with the trumpeters, the jungle beasts, the vestal virgins, the Egyptian guards, the belly dancers. Truthfully, I could hardly wait to see the week, to see the brain Bobby Heenan in a toga. It should be something else. By the way, next up here, the Mighty Midgets as the march to WrestleMania continues. The Beverly Brothers with Little Louie are out next. They're taking on the Bushwhackers with Tiger Jackson, Minis. Uh, the Bushwhackers bite the Beverly's asses. The Minis get involved and Tiger drop kicks Louie. Louie and Tiger get into a brawl in the middle of the match. The Beverly's and Bushwhackers brawl. Tiger hits a crossbody from the top and pins Louie for the win. That's all you need to know from this, this match. This was a terrible match. Anytime I see the Beverly Brothers, I just want... I, I end up fast forward fast forwarding through it yeah and same for the bushwhackers and these guys fought all the fucking time why is it every pay-per-view from this time that we turn on these two teams are always fighting each other they can't take on anybody else yes they suck bobby says at the end of this which summarized how i felt i don't understand anything i just saw thanks bobby we all feel that way a flashback to the rumble where giant gonzalez met the undertaker showed him how tall he was and we're already at the main event. We have flown through this, ladies and gentlemen. It's Bam Bam Bigelow taking on The Undertaker. An actual match might happen on this show. <laughs> Undertaker no-sells Bam Bam strikes. Drop toe hold to Bam Bam. Bam Bam regroups only to run into a DDT from The Undertaker. Undertaker hits elementary school to Bam Bam Bigelow. They take a commercial break, and Bam Bam is in control when we come back with Undertaker on the outside of the ring. Bigelow hits a belly-to-back suplex when they get in the ring, but Undertaker does the Michael Myers sit-up spot only to run into a scoop slam. Bam Bam slams him again, hits standing, falling headbutts, but Taker just sits up again. Bobby says, fuck it, just grab a chair and waffle him. Another falling headbutt, Taker just sits up again. He tries a running one, Taker just sits up again. 
Bam Bam misses the diving headbutt from the turnbuckle. Then Taker hits his flying clothesline, a choke slam, and Bam Bam says, "Fuck this, not jobbing clean. I've got a WrestleMania match. Oh wait, no, I don't. I just don't know that yet." <laughs> so Bam Bam rolls out of the ring and leaves, and a countout win for the Undertaker. What a noble way for your phenom to get his win, <laughs> which he'd also get a shitty win at WrestleMania too by disqualification. The streak is bullshit, and uh, yeah. Then Giant Gonzalez appears on the entryway. The goons keep them separated, and we go off the air. But not before Vince and Bobby run down the card again. the in, Like, the entire card, seriously, of WrestleMania 9. And then they sign off. So that was the march to WrestleMania 9. I'll include some of the promos. I, I like the promo packages. I like Mean Gene's recaps. I, I even like the Hogan segment. You said that was on Raw, though, so it's not even important to this if it was on Raw. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense. If they had Hogan there, they would have used him in a match, I guess. Right. They had flown him to North Carolina or whatever. But I guess they didn't use him on Raw in a match, so I don't know. I they were trying to build ratings at this time for Raw, though. You gotta think, this is 93. It's just, it's new. They didn't sell me on ordering WrestleMania 9 in this uh, show. I was not convinced Honestly, Hogan would have been the main selling point. He was the most focused upon. Your champion was an afterthought. Your champion didn't even have a match on this show. In fact, your champion was shown getting beaten down by Yoko and then giving a pre-tape promo. So you did a terrible job of promoting your champion, which knowing what they would do at WrestleMania 9 makes total sense how this was split between Hogan and Brett. I actually enjoyed the Undertaker and Bam Bam match, but then it stopped. Right when I was getting into it, it stopped. So, I'm going to say, Mr. Perfect and Skinner, congratulations. For the first time in the history of this podcast, I'm going to say Skinner had matched the night. Wow. Um, Damn. There wasn't much to choose from. Uh, Bushwhackers and Beverly Brothers can get the fuck lost. I never want to see those two in a match together again. At least they didn't bring... What's his name? My glasses. At least they didn't bring that fucker out. Um, what happened to my glasses? But yeah, the march to WrestleMania 9. Uh, they they did bring this back in sort of a way. They did... I remember it was... I think it was the night before WrestleMania 15. They actually did a special on the USA Network. They didn't do any matches, though. It was just a party. Yeah. And... They had the band, the Cherry Poppin' Daddies, there, and I remember seeing Vince trying to dance, and it was the most unnatural-looking thing I'd ever seen. I also remember being so pissed off because, okay, DX was there, and if you remember, that was the night that, like, Triple H broke... WrestleMania 15, Triple H broke up DX, basically. He joined the corporation. Yeah. And I was so pissed off on Raw after WrestleMania because I was like, hey... On Saturday night, you guys were all friends. What the fuck happened? You came down an escalator together. Everyone yeah. was happy. So I was really pissed off about that. But the party the party was interesting, and I wish they would put that on the network. I would love to revisit that, even if they cut the, the musical performance, because I don't remember anything else from it, really, other than, this is strange. They're doing a party before WrestleMania, and they're going to air it. So, but now... Uh, now we don't need these March to WrestleManias because they do so much. They give you a two-hour pre-show before their actual WrestleMania. They give you tons of programming building up to WrestleMania. Tonight, after the Rumble, we're recording this tonight, the 2020 Rumble, they're going to give us an entire WWE 24 about last year's WrestleMania. They drill WrestleMania into your head. Now they point to the sign every week. 
We don't need to be reminded. They've, they've got nine hours of TV. They don't need these specials, too. It's right here, folks. So, what did you think of the March to WrestleMania 9? Uh, it's a standard... It's a house show. 93 house show, yeah. It's a standard 93 house show, and that's the best way to put it. Right there, ladies and gentlemen, there is no, no better way. So on our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, March to WrestleMania 9. Tiger Jackson. I'm going to give it a Lucky Louie or whatever his name is. There you go. Little Little Louie. All right. In lieu of tonight's event, I wanted to do a very special Royal Rumble. We're going to go back to see Royal Rumble 1998, where a very infamous casket match takes place with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. We're also going to see whether not one, not two, but three faces of Foley can finally one of them win the Royal Rumble main event, as well as much, much more to come. You might even see the very first woman to jump into the Royal Rumble. Okay, that'll do it for this week. Oh, finally, before we get out of here, predictions for 2020 Rumble men's winner. Go. Lesnar. I'm going to say Drew McIntyre. Okay. I would love that. I think a lot of people would. Women's, I'm going with Charlotte. I'm going to go with Sasha. Bam. Okay. Go to powerslam.tv, use the promo code RETROWRESTLING, and get a month for free. That'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my clothesline's clothesline. And bingo. Bingo. The match I had with Yoko where I lost the belt was the best. If you go back and look at it, it was the best match he ever had. I don't care if anyone says it was the best match Yoko ever had. And uh, the sad thing about that is that we had a whole sort of last five minutes of the match that we never even went into, and we didn't. It was all we never got to do it. Yoko got that, and we got too tired or something, and he he just uh, jump started the ending. We went into the ending about five minutes premature and missed out. Like we had, a, he just decided to chop off the whole last five minutes of what we were going to do, and it still stands as a phenomenal match for Yoko and the drama and everything but I, I know that if we just finished the five minutes it would have been basically the same the same ending about five minutes more um, story into it I always said I, and I never did it I wrestled most times after that I said I'd never do those that five minutes was gone forever I said I'll never that's you lost it because I was so mad at him <laughs> I wasn't mad about losing the title I was mad about him screwing up the last five minutes of the match and uh, going home on me Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only 5 $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. 
It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three.